Picture this, two guys trapped in the South Charleston Public Library. One guy loves movies, the other, well, he'd rather be watching reality TV. Can they survive each other's films? Find out on Real Opposites, a library podcast about movies. Hosted by Josh and Aaron from the South Charleston Public Library. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Real Opposites. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. And we are back this episode to discuss our movies from that we picked last... Wow. Yeah. Words. Yeah. Words. <laughs> words. Aaron We're back words. to discuss the movies that we picked last episode for each other. I chose uh, Murder by Numbers. And I chose Oliver Stone's JFK. So I think we're going to start with my choice, Murder by Numbers. Yes. I got the back of the DVD here. Read this exciting, exciting thing. <laughs> this exciting, exciting thing. Sandra Bullock has never been more original or a f- what? Aaron learning to read during the back <laughs> I thought the S went for that as well. Sorry. <laughs> suffecting. <laughs> suffecting. It, is it suffecting? No, no it's, it's not, Aaron. It's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. It's affecting. Okay. <clears throat> Sandra Bullock has never been more original or affecting as Cassie Mayweather, a homicide detective confronting personal demons while following her instincts about the real killers in a Jane Doe murder case. The clues point one way, but the chain of events is too perfect. The chain of event evidence. Whew. Let's just not do you that. You just want to skip it for this Let's one? Just yeah. skip it yeah. on okay. this one. No, you can leave that in, though. That's right, fine. That's that. good enough. <laughs> Trail it off, and then we just pick up. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's like a, a murder mystery type thing. Not really a mystery. It's a, it's a cop. I mean, there is a murder in the movie. It's not much there of a mystery. It is kind of a mystery. Yeah. Uh, not to the viewers, though. Not but... to the viewers. The, okay, well, it's, it's a mystery it's a, it's to It's a mystery her. to Sandra Bullock. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a mystery why you picked this movie. Well, I will tell you why I picked this movie. So, yeah. it's a 2002 movie with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Gosling and other people. I chose it because, one, I love both of them. Two, I actually really like this movie. I don't know. When I saw it when I was younger, mm-hmm. I just, I really liked it. And then I was excited to watch it this time because I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And... I was excited that I still really liked it. I mean, I I definitely saw, like, now that we've watched tons of movies and, you know, it's an older movie and, you know, it's not new. So some of the, like, effects and stuff were not effects, but I feel like the movie's, I mean, it's kind of of its time as far as how it's made. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I noticed some stuff didn't hold up. I don't know. There was some shots. There's that, some bad green screen at the end. Okay, like, that's there, what I'm talking about. Like, on the... Um, on the that, deck. that porch, the deck, yeah. whatever at the end. Yeah, that, that was really rough. And I feel looking. like it just looks like the room. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little bit a little bit better, but like it's like, ooh. I didn't know <laughs> if that was also used some other times in the film, but there were some other times that it looked like they were definitely in front of a green screen. It probably was. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, like typ- I felt like that technology didn't hold up. Typ- I did see that kind Typically of if they come back and do reshoots, a lot of that can be on a green screen. Just because okay. it's cheaper and you can't go back to the location or yeah. you have to reconstruct. So I bet that's what they did. Because it was yeah. like randomly just here and there. Yeah. So that makes sense. But where we've been watching movies and I'm becoming pay more attention aware. a little more yeah i did notice that but as far as the movie and and the storyline and the actors that are in it i still really liked it so yeah i picked it because i really like this movie and you still really like it 
Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. I really you, enjoyed it. I mean, it. is it just Sandy and Ryan? I, I think they're excellent in it. I do like their characters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I like the interactions between characters. I, I like each character seems to really be in there. Like they have a purpose. Like they have, I don't know. They, the characters are, are good. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was trying to take it deeper, but character, I can't really. Character good. Figure it out. Character good. Um, character good. But I also like, the, I mean, this is the fourth one that's been done. Uh, fourth adaptation. But it is actually loosely based on an actual murder. By and, numbers? Um, an, an actual murder by numbers? Hmm. <laughs> the Leopold Malopolis. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, an adaptation, a retelling, loosely based on the Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb case, which were two teenagers that kidnapped and murdered a 14 year old, and they were wealthy students at a college. They, like in the movie, it was an intellectual exercise more than anything. Yeah, and um, that was why it was a big deal back then and what i was saying earlier about the characters i just like the way the characters were done i think ryan gosling and michael pitt characters really i mean they made me believe their their story they're the ones that's based on them of course and i like that they still kind of included there was a weird relationship between them two in the movie yeah uh which the original people they did they were in like a sexual relationship so i think that's neat that I they mean, you also kind of see that in the movie yeah they, they kind of really use that tension but yeah yeah and it doesn't say anything about that but there's still that tension there and the way they are persuading each other to do different things so i thought it was neat that it goes back there's three other adaptations of the the oh, case yeah. what are they Is alfred it? hitchcock's rope 1948 oh, okay. yeah. yeah i can see that uh, richard fleischer's fleischer's fleischer Compulsion, 1959. Okay. And Tom Kalen's Swoon, 1992. In Rope. I haven't seen it. So it kind of makes me want to go back and watch them and just see, uh, you know, in comparison. The the Richard and Justin, the Ryan Gosling and Michael Pitt, like Mm -hmm. that dynamic is by far the most interesting thing about the Dynamic. That might be the word I was looking for earlier when I was rambling about characters. Yeah, I mean, I wish it had gone further and they'd actually been in a relationship. Yeah. That would have made it more interesting. Well, I think at the time it just wasn't... I mean, it's 2002. Like, yeah, I guess. I think you could have done that. I don't know, not yeah. Even, but I, I, think, I think it would have been, uh, I mean, I think as it is, the movie, it's really just kind of by the numbers. Yeah. By the murder, by numbers. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> How many times can we make that joke this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, all, it just feels like a, kind of like an episode of CSI almost. Yeah. Like, and I could see that, but I love CSI, so. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I don't. But yeah, like I mean, Gosling is by far the best thing about the movie. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's an early kind of a a, a meatier part for him because mm-hmm. I mean, remember the Titans, but he's a little small character in that. Yeah, he's that just was a his other the football team, right? Big one at the time. Yeah, he's just one of the football. But this is like maybe not the league character, but he's second or I'd say he's the second behind. Sandra Bullock as yeah, far as like sure. most screen time and it's fun to kind of see just how much on screen magnetism he has just right just naturally like yeah. he's just charming he's a great actor and 
Sandra Bullock is just kind of going through the motions, I feel like. Yeah, I did. I I love Sandra Bullock, but watching this back, I I did see almost like she was holding back. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie is kind of holding back. Like, it never really goes far enough with the murders, never really goes far enough with the relationship. Like, I feel like you needed some specific angle. Either right. they're in a, the, the two killers are in a sexual relationship or, I don't know, there just needs to be some sort of extra tension and suspense yeah. that, right? Right now it's well, just kind of like well you know they're the killers i think the extra suspense was supposed to be the fact that she was a victim before i think that is yeah. what they but it just wasn't done enough it could have dove deeper into that too i honestly don't even remember that and i watched the movie twice oh yeah <laughs> yeah so she so her whole thing is wanting to get them and stuff because it reminds uh, okay, her okay, of okay. the boyfriend she yeah, that, had that, when that she was like younger. thrown out the window pretty early, I feel right. like. Right. And, and uh, that's the thing. If they had done that a little deeper, I think that could have been the extra. I, without having the characters in a relationship, I, I do think they still did well at bringing that tension and making you question their relationship a little bit. So yeah, I wasn't, I, mean, I wasn't super mad about just like the questionable I think, stuff. I think they do the best, like Gosling and Pitt do the best with the what they're given. Yeah. I, it feels like by the end of it and like they're having their conflict at the end, mm-hmm. like I, I was just out of it. I didn't, yeah. I was just like, oh, well, this is obvious. And, and there was no, I wasn't getting involved in it. Right. And as far as uh, Sandy, I'm just going to call her Sandy. As far as Sandy goes, like she Does did she three. Know about Sandy? I don't know. Oh, okay. Sandy Bullock. Who cares? <laughs> she did three movies this year. So maybe that's why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or there were three movies released in 2002. There was this. Oh, okay. Geniality. No, Miss Congeniality was 2000. Oh, okay. She, she did Miss Congeniality in 2000, took two years off, or at least two years before one was released, mm-hmm. and did uh, this, uh, Yaha Sisterhood, and Two Weeks Notice. Oh, okay. All those came out in 2002. Maybe she was kind of stretching too thin or something. I mean, Ben Chaplin's very... I've liked it. Like, he just is forgettable. I don't. Who's Ben Chaplin? The the other cop that she's. Oh yeah. And I don't. They have. That is the most boring right. relationship I've ever seen in one of these movies. Yeah, and then I don't. I don't buy their chemistry one right. bit. Their the the sex scene is hilariously <laughs> inept. Now see, I was fine with <laughs> it. You're fine with that. Everyone kept their clothes on, you know, because I know like everyone always keeps their clothes on during sex. It's really. That's a normal thing. Very realistic. And it's all very just like, <laughs> I can't remember. I think like the camera pans away and it's it like, does. and then, then we go to the, the next, next morning. morning. <laughs> it's like, it's weak, man. Like this is a murder mystery. Like give me some, give me some sex. Give me some violence. Like, yeah. give, like give me some visceral thrills. Right. So something like a great example of a movie like this would have been, have you ever seen Basic Instinct? I have not. Okay. So it's Paul Verhoeven, mm-hmm. uh, Robocop. And showgirls and starship oh, okay. troopers, and it's a murder mystery. There's not two killers, but there may be. I don't know. I mean, like you're, you're you don't know who it is right away. Yeah, but I mean, it's like there's suspects, right? Um, but there's a lot of. I mean, it's very explicit. It's very visceral. Like the violence is very visceral. You remember it. Yeah, the sexual tension is really high. The it's a lot of sex. Yeah, the, like it's just very memorable and engaging. Right. And this one, that's why I was, that's why I say it feels like, feels like a TV show. It's just very. Yeah. By, by the numbers. Uh, <laughs> again, sorry. I can't help it. That's what I feel. <laughs> like my, that's one of my notes, I think too. And also like just from a filmmaking standpoint, like it's, 
it's so boring to watch. Yeah. It's just the it looks flat and I don't know who the director Barb I don't know. I don't know who that is. I've never heard of them before. Yeah. Um, they probably went on to direct CSI. That'd be hilarious if they did. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look it up right now. <laughs> I, but I do I see where you're going with that. And I, I get it. Like watching it back, it could have easily been like a made for TV movie. Well, they actually directed good movies. I don't but know that, what the hell happened here. But, but that doesn't make me like it less, but I do see what you're saying. I mean it yeah, it could I mean, have used even the violence was barely. It's just standard like shot reverse shot coverage. It's, yeah. Uh, there's no there's no interesting camera work or I mean, and that can be engaging just to like a workman, like just present the actors. But there's no real sense of like you're blocking actors, you're allowing them to move in the frame. It's just right. like if there's a camera there, it's shooting me, it's a camera there, it's shooting me. We're talking, it just cuts back like it's boring to watch. Yeah, you have to do that sometimes, but you need to bury it up. Anyway, this just felt run of the mill right and and that was the thing watching it not only with seeing some green screen that was probably bad that was that but, was rough even 2002 yeah <laughs> but just watching it back i definitely had that feeling of like a tv movie or a very safe movie just to put something out kind of thing but like i said i mean i still love the story i like the performances in it yeah this time around i did feel like sandra bullock didn't it, it like she was anybody. holding back or something yeah it just it could have um, been anybody yeah, nothing. Nothing was like to her particular, like spoke to her particular abilities right. as an actor. And I think some of that might have been that weird backstory of like she was supposed to be kind of like a hurt person, sheltered, yeah. like not sheltered like, but walled in kind of person, and and it just wasn't written enough, deep enough for her yeah. to really go into. Well, it. and it's like it's not like the movie's like it's two hours, and mm-hmm. I'll be damned. It feels like it's about four hours. See, I watched it, it real it fast. Felt I so it. long and lethargic. <laughs> felt like it was an hour to me. I feel like they just dust like they were like, "All oh, right, Sandy, Sandy had a big hit with Miss Congeniality. Let's yeah. let's dust off a script." And you know, it's just like it just feels like one of these scripts that sits on a shelf somewhere in mm-hmm. in a you know script supervisor's office, and they just like, "Yeah, this one works. Yeah, let's do this. Hey, I can see that. She's hot right now. Let's do that." You so, know. do you know what reading about this case reminds me of? Mm. Oh, you know what this reading this case reminds me of? I think Scream is kind of a take on this case. The Leopold I and Loeb case. I could see that. Because it's um mm. the reason that they did what they did was essentially like they just being like that it the argument was like, Oh well, we're smart, we could get away with it. Yeah. It would be fun. And like that's kind of like that's fascinating. It's kind it, of sad I mean, that this movie is like, not like As far as there's there's two killers. Yeah. But they're not like, well, it sounds like the Leo, like the, the real case was they were like, it really was just an exercise mm-hmm. for them. Whereas, I mean, it's for T. Lillard, it's like, he's just kind of along for the ride and screen. Yeah. And it's definitely Billy's, like he's out for revenge. Mm-hmm. On, they, they kill um, a family member right. is what yeah. the boys actually did. So okay. like one of yeah, them, the boys did. There one was... of them had stakes, but yeah. the other okay. one did, didn't okay. well, really. And it similar. kind of feels yeah. very similar. See, why did they remake? See, it's like why did they remake <laughs> Scream instead of doing all these <laughs> dumb sequels and just have uh, Billy and Stu be in a relationship? Yeah, I would. Because that is like also a get fan Paul Verhoeven to direct it too, please. Yeah, but that would be. I mean, that'd be fun. Like yeah. Yeah. you're gonna take something like. I don't know. That yeah. would add another element to right. That would make an interesting killer for Scream. Maybe if they ever do Scream Seven, it will well, be something really good. If, if they ever do it, 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they have a cast. I think the only way they're going to do Scream 7 is if they pay Sydney enough, enough Campbell enough, enough to Campbell. come back. Because I think at this point, they have nowhere to go. Well, like, everyone ha- survived it, Scream 6, so they could just cast them again. They fired her. Oh. They fired her. And then, then, uh, and then everybody Jenna quit. Ortega quit. Yeah. Because of that. Quit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they would have to bring Nev back. It would just have to be a whole new and, story. Like, pay her. Well, they, could, <laughs> they don't have anybody else. Like They don't have to yeah. pay Jenna Ortega, who's Mm-mm. big right now, right. Or, or the other girl. That's what uh, I say. Get Nev, Gail. I mean... Courtney Cox. Courtney they're, Cox. They're just the characters to you. They're not real actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but get Let's them get two back. back. He can come back. <laughs> nah, don't bring him back. That would be too much. <laughs> But bring them back for sure, and then just get a couple filling people that you can kill. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And let them survive and move on, and then Scream's done. I'm good with that. So, um, Murder by Numbers. Yeah, so it's like, like I was saying, like the script feels just like any random murder thriller script. Yeah, and um, I, get, I get that. There is, there is, there was one moment that was, I laughed. Like that I was like, oh, oh yeah. I kind of woke up. And laughed. I watched. I mean, I watched the movie. I wasn't right. I like, was I like, know. oh, oh, that's funny. But he was like, I can't remember if it was Gosling or Pitt. But he was like, you called her by her first name, and it was really funny. It was a, towards the end, I think. I just yeah. remember laughing at that. Anyway, I was trying to remember who said that. Was, that that's but... my most memorable moment. That in the bad green screen. Yeah. No, you called her by her first name was one of the cops. Was it one of the cops? Yeah. Sandra Bullock called her by her first name. And oh, they're like, that's you're too right. involved. That's you right. called her by her first that's name. That's right. No, yeah, it was her uh, her, her chief. Her, yeah. Her, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Which was funny because I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel it, like most people call their victims by name. Yeah. They made, I yeah, know. It's like super dramatic about this. Like, uh, it's her first name. I called her her first name. Like Sandra, as far as like that, oh. like as if that's some big it's like Claire or something. Yeah, as if that that's some big. Yeah, I feel like deal. cops do that. Yeah, I think anyway, that was that, that made me laugh. That was lot. another point where they are attempting to be like because of her trauma, she's too involved. But it was just such a minute like detail yeah. that it's like really. And I was thinking, what what trauma? I'm I like, remember I was that. Confused. Yeah, because <laughs> you need to like really like if you're gonna make it a, a big character deal, you really need to make it. A big yeah. deal. Two things I saw on on the trivia on that about the movie that I thought was interesting was Ryan Gosling and Sandra Bullock was in a relationship. Yeah, for like uh, two years or a year. How? What were their ages back then? I mean, he's probably in her his twenties, and she's probably I mean in her thirties. Maybe there's, okay, there's so probably, it wasn't too far. No, it's not like some crazy. Yeah, crap. I guess in my I head mean, I see her as an older cop and him as a. <laughs> High school student because that's what they're well, playing. I mean, in the movie. Uh, she's, I mean, she's probably in her early thirties. I would think. Yeah, so. I knew, I knew they'd been together at one point, but I feel like you could kind of see that their interactions with each other a little bit. She w- she would have been, she would have been thirty eight. Yeah, how old is Sandra Bullock? She is. She turned sixty this July. Really? What? She looks good. Yeah. Heck yeah, Sandy. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, there's uh, 16 years difference there. Okay. He would have been 22. That's kind yeah. of on the larger so side. So there's, there's a, of a age difference there. Yeah, good on her. Yeah. Good, for her. good pulling, on him, depending pulling, on how you look at it. Pulling that young man. Good on all of them. I would totally date. Ryan Gosling? Well, either one, but I was going <laughs> to say Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Do with me what you want. Just give me the money. <laughs> Um, I also thought it was interesting that Ryan Gosling threw up 
when they filmed the murdering scenes. <laughs> yeah. Like he couldn't even handle. And I'm like, what murder scenes? Yeah, that's what I'm like, like there's a few drops of blood in this whole movie. Yeah. Maybe they filmed more though and cut it. That's true. Maybe. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe it was just more interactive with when filming it than ended up showing on there. And maybe that just. Well, I mean, he was young too. Yeah, I mean, I mean that... sometimes like just like being on set, like seeing it like the, like a dead body, but like, you know, the fake, you know, someone's yeah. cast that they've made up to look like it's real. Right. Um, I know a lot of people like have issues with like when they see their, when they have like a dummy made of themselves, mm-hmm. like yes. they're going to have their head explode or something. And they're like, that's really weird seeing like a perfect representation have of you... yourself in latex. Or... Right. Have yeah, you... I could get that. I was reading about when the yellow jackets, when they do the cannibalism scene, oh, that the girls were like, it tasted delicious, which made it worse. Yeah. That's cool. They, like everybody ended up like throwing up because they just couldn't because handle it. Because of the it. fact, yeah. Because of the fact like it was made out of like rice. Where are those outtakes? Rice paper and like jackfruit. So it did smell yeah. like flesh, but wasn't. It was just a weird sensation overall. Yeah, they were. They Messed were, with her senses. They were playing <laughs> psychological like... games with them so that their reactions would be real. They're like, it's like what they're eating is vegan, but it just looks like human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially, that is what it is. I yeah. think it's it like was. like jackfruit. And, yeah. You know, yeah. That's funny. That uh, is. Uh, I, I, and I'll plug for Yellow Jackets right now. That yeah. is a great show. If you have not watched it, 100% should watch yeah. it. I ain't never watched it. Really? Yeah. It looks uh, so, oh God. It's so good. You would, yeah, I, I think, think you'd, you'd like, like Yellow it. Jackets. Yeah. It's good. It does a lot of psychological exploration of like what happens when you drop like 10 teen girls in the wilderness for a year. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe not then. And the Canadian, um, the Canadian wilderness is pretty. But and another, then no, how they deal with it in their old age too. It's I fun. love it. It's very good. Well, I'm glad you like it. Um, another thing that I saw, which I thought was just kind of interesting, was the title of the song. The title of the movie "Murder by Numbers" refers to "Murder by Numbers" written by Sting and Andy Summers and performed by the Police about. Planning the perfect murder. Yeah. Um, there was another one, which I don't remember what movie it was, but Sandra Bullock also has another Demolition movie Man. that's named after another song by the police. Demolition Man. Yes, that's it. Okay. I don't know. Just random little weird coincidences. I find stuff like that neat. <laughs> yeah. So we got Six Degrees of Sting songs? Yes, that? that's what we're getting right now. Six Degrees of Sting. Uh, yeah. How well, we I... Michael Pitt is not Brad Pitt's brother. Never even thought that, to be honest. That's <laughs> not a concern. No. no. Mine. Uh, well, it was when I saw his name. I didn't think he looked like him, but I was just... I'm not going to lie, that didn't even up. cross my mind. <laughs> I was just trying to remember if I, who was the right guy that I was talking about. But I will say I like Sandra Bullock as a cop. I know I've seen her in other things where I mean, she's the, the cop. Heat, or yes, heat. Yes, 100%. No, the heat, the heat. That is uh, so good. That was okay. <laughs> it's uh, great. What else has she been a cop in? Uh, Miss um, Congeniality. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's I a cop in Miss Congeniality. But I feel like there was one other one where she plays. I might be wrong. I thought it was another like thriller where she's a cop. There's the Unforgivable. Is she a cop in that? No, she's a prisoner I don't even in know that. What that is. For committing murder. Um, she's in Speed. I don't believe she's a cop. No, in Speed. no she's not a cop in that. Okay. That's Maybe I just like her in like a position of power. Like okay. lawyer, I just think she makes. I mean, she's a good... played a lawyer a few times. Time to kill. I think the proposal. She's that a might lawyer. be what I'm talking about. Well, maybe if you ever date Sandra Bullock, you can tell her that. I mean, technically, Miss Congeniality too. 
right yeah so that would yeah. be three so but I, I don't know i've always been a sandra bullock fan i don't know why i just like her i like her like yeah. she's good um uh, she's great in speed good old sandy her, I like her like that in the the lake house. I like her stuff with Keanu. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a. I, I'm a sucker for the lake house. I, like I haven't that seen that. That's, that's a, a love one. movie. It is, but it's a, a it's time a, traveling. It's love kind of movie. a time traveling movie, but I like it. I just like both of them. Yeah, I like um, Practical Magic. Practical Magic is a cute movie. One of my favorite movie. movies. Oh ever. yeah, it's super sweet. I heard they're doing a second one. Really? Why? Mm-hmm. And they're bringing back the original people. Ugh. What? Gross. Like them, like as like the aunts, essentially. Yeah, Hollywood. I know. Leave it alone. I saw. I saw. Just saw the picture of uh, Bill Scar. Bill Scarsgard, mm-hmm. uh, where he's they're, they're remaking the Crow. Yeah, it comes out in July. I just saw the picture. I was like, mm-hmm. ugh, was it bad? I mean, well, it's just a picture of him. Like he's got like he's all tatted up, and he's got the like the eyeliner. Bill Scarsgard is a weird choice for that. I, I, I like mean, him. I, 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 I mean, like him, but I think his look is weird, not his look, like intense goth. His look is actually closer to the comic. Yes. Um, he's a little longer, leaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, it's just like, just leave it alone. Right. Yeah. Just, I, I get that you're remaking the comic or whatever, but if you're going to do that, do it in black and white. Do it like yeah, the comic, like right. Sin City style or something. Exactly. Love um, Sin City. Because the comic, like with that one, is black and white. Yeah. And it's really harsh, like deep blacks. Right. You know. Yeah. I just don't get, I mean, and that's, that's one thing I feel like uh, so, so annoying is we're doing so many remakes. And we're just not getting new stories in the movies. Like, I'm not saying that all the remakes or all the additives, you know, like Wonka. It, it's a little bit of a new story. But at the same time, we have we know Wonka. I mean, they can call it a remake or a reimagining, but at the end of the day, it's going to be the same movie. Right. Well, like, his, the, like I, I mean, all this Wonka, takes place, whatever, this free, is how yeah. he became this. But, but that's what I'm you're going to get in the chocolate factory. You're going to go on these right. little rides and stuff, and it's going to be the same damn movie. Right. That's that's my thing is even with the retellings, it's it's you're just rehashing the same the same tropes, the same like I just want some new stories. That's my main thing. I do like Timothy Chalamet. I think I like him. I I haven't seen I want to see Wonka. I'm not saying I think he is uh, just based on the trailers. He just is doesn't have the either the, the like the the creepiness of Johnny Depp Mm -hmm. or not that that's a good performance right. or movie but at least it's like something's off yeah or just the it's just gene wilder right you know? exactly. like he just doesn't have that kind of energy i love mm-hmm. him in dune I, i've loved him in um call, call me by your name yeah uh, i like the king is, is i haven't seen that one that one's that's very good if you like i don't know that historical. i've ever seen him in anything um, but i like i like him he's a good yeah. actor I don't know. It feels like they just kind of pick whoever's hot at the moment and be like, oh, well, right. We'll make a prequel. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, that's my thing. And and I think that's why I think we talked about it a little bit in, on the podcast or just in real life. Um, this isn't real. <laughs> about, no. about uh, that Seriously. movie that I saw, Night Swim or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, not the greatest movie, but it was a. 
it was a new story. Is is the movie and not I good? Think, the short that it came from from years ago was really really. Oh, good. I don't know about the short. I know the trailer made me not want to see it, but I went to see it for funsies, and I end up being more impressed with it. I, I don't think it's like a great shot movie or anything like that, but just the story was neat. And sometimes that's what I need is a good story and not one that I've well, heard I mean, a million times. It's, it's not well reviewed, but it was a like ten minute short that got drug out into a two hour movie. So yeah, and it kind of feels like that. Who I mean, knows? At, at this point in a mainstream movie, as long as I feel like somebody made it, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. an individual made it, right? I'm happy. Yeah, and that that's how I felt about the that so the bar is kind of low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we just need new stories. Like that's yeah. that's my main thing. And, and, and even like. Indie movies are all, a lot of them are starting to feel the same. A lot of modern horror is all starting to feel the same. Oh, like yeah. Everyone's trying to copy this A24 fi- like feel, and even A24 is starting to feel like they're having an, a- an aesthetic, and uh, they're all just kind of running together. I, feel, I saw yeah. some trailer for some new A24, or some pictures of it, and it just looked like any... Other A24. You know, it's like high, like neon kind of mm-hmm. colors, and I don't know, I was just like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, a24 has I, started an animated series that is phenomenal. Okay. It's uh, not a horror movie. It's a uh, has-been hotel. It's a musical, and it's like an adult. It's a TV show? It's a very. It's a TV show. Oh, it's cool. a very adult animated series, hmm. and it is super fun, though. What's it on? Prime. Okay. It's A24 okay. does it. All right. Me and, me and Casey are obsessed. I might check it out. <laughs> um, but I, now I will say, as far as like newer movies that's come out, the the way they did, I mean, it was cheesy and not aimed for somebody my age, probably. I don't know. But the new Mean Girls that they did was was interesting because it was a movie that was a musical, and then the musical became a movie. So it that I was okay with. It was like a retelling, but it was a retelling of the musical Broadway. So it was, was Mean Girls a musical. The new one. There's a, there's a, I, I mean, before, know, but so they made a movie, then they made a musical. Yeah. Then they made a movie of the musical. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's, Which was kind of interesting. That's what I was just, was just following there. Yeah. Plus, uh, Renee raps in it and she's amazing. Tell you, if you want to see a really good movie, now that we're just randomly going on about this. We are. <laughs> Guess what? This is a movie podcast. Yeah. So, uh, Drive Away Dolls. Oh, you were I've telling me about that. For that. that. Yes, I want to try to see. Maybe I'll it's, go this weekend. It's really, I mean, go because it's not going to be there next week, probably. Oh, okay. It's, I mean, I can also get it when it gets on BB. It's uh, Ethan Cohen, one of the Cohen brothers. Really funny, really quirky. It was really nice to see, like, just a open and explicit lesbian relationship mm-hmm. in a film. It's like, it does. it's not making a big deal out of it. It just it is. It just is, right. Uh, there is a lot of nudity for you. <laughs> I know you love it. Yeah, I saw that. Remember, <laughs> I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, obviously there's going to be lots of nudity in yeah. this. But it's, and it's like, it's 84 minutes and they just. Oh no, that was another movie. Anyways. But, and it's 84 minutes and they just like cut to the chase. They just use simple like time cuts to yeah. get you to keep it moving. Like that doesn't, it's kind of plot heavy, but it doesn't, it's, it's, but it, it doesn't, doesn't, feel... doesn't bog it down. And right. it just, it's really funny. It's really sweet. There's a lot of great. Little performances. Margaret Qualley is terrific. Uh, I I really like that one a lot. Yeah, you told me about it, and I watched the trailer the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is straight up my alley. I mean, it feels like it's up your alley. Um, Yeah, I want to see that. And it's like, I don't don't know. It was was refreshing. Yeah. It was a nice little – it was the best movie I've seen so far this year. Not a whole lot of – it's not a great time for movies right now. (laughs) There's not a lot coming out aside from Dune. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, Um. But anyway, Margaret, so yeah, regular you know movies. 
yeah, mm-hmm. just make good movies. Yeah, don't you know? Just I don't whatever. We don't need a retelling all the time. Yeah, that's for sure. Give us but, something new to talk about. Yeah. Though in this case, Murder by Numbers was not something new to talk about. It was the fourth remake. Right. That's true. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. That's true. I had no idea, and I didn't know I about didn't the know case either. or anything uh, until I started reading yeah. up on the movie. Um, well, I mean, they're I all kind of like loosely based. Oh yeah. It's not like it's not like an actual retelling of it, but you know, I would watch the retelling. Like the actual story, yeah, that would, would be neat. Sounds more interesting than I might look up like a documentary on it. I'm sure there is. I, I'd hope. I love documentaries. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really run of the mill. <laughs> I don't know. It happened. I watched. So it, it wasn't horrible. It just wasn't great. I mean, it was pretty bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Like there's just the the writing is not coyote ugly bad. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. It's like really a, okay. It, not Tammy bad. Didn't get on my nerves as much as Tammy. Okay. Uh, it was just there, and it felt like a long time yeah it just okay. felt forever it just wastes a lot of time it's on not things as focused that aren't, as it could yeah, be that aren't necessary yeah but well i i still love it ryan gosling's great yeah well duh <laughs> we could do a million ryan gosling episodes but yeah i still loved it and i was glad that i loved it because i've always said it's one of my favorite movies that is like not a huge movie that people know a lot, I guess. But no, it, it didn't it, really make much of an it, impression when it came out. Right. And it is simple and it's like a TV made for TV movie. Yeah, show. it's like an R rated lifetime movie. Yeah. And I that's fine with me. I like that. Which I think I've mentioned Cabin by the Lake. I don't know that y'all said you've watched it or not. But it was a made for TV movie. They had two of them and it was it was released like on USA, but it came on late at night. I, I love that movie. And I, I would like to watch that again. But so I I think every once in a while, just a an okay movie. I don't know. I like them. I, I mean, like it's a, it's, I like that it's fun a little bit. It's the same as like like I said, like an episode of CSI or like a James Patterson novel. Yeah. Like, and it's you know what you're getting. Yeah. It's not much there's not any extra sauce there. Okay. It's a it's a hungry man dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's what I say. Watching it back, I still loved it, but I could see where you're coming from. Right. So I guess that is murder by numbers. And we will jump to some announcements from the library, and we'll be back to discuss JFK. Hey guys, this is Toby here with some announcements from the library. In February, for adult programs, on Monday, February 5th at 6 p.m., we have our first meeting of Fantastic Feast with the Cat Who Cookbook. You still have a couple of days to come in and pick out a recipe if you would like. Um, other than that, we will see everybody on the 5th for our community potluck. Tuesdays this month, with the exception of the 20th, we have Try It Tuesday. Try It Tuesdays are where I am in the community creative space from 3 to 6 to help people with any projects that they might have in mind. Saturday, February 10th, we have Stitch and Saturdays, which is where you can bring any um, sewing, crochet, embroidery, cross-stitch, any kind of um, fiber art project that you're working on um, and just hang out and have a nice social time. But we will also be teaching basic cross-stitch on that day as well. On February 20th, we will have our uh, first meeting, uh, our first official meeting of the book club this year, the Spill the Tea Book Club at 6 p.m. If you'll come to that having read Be Useful. Uh, which is by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, We'll be talking about that book at 6 p.m. and we'll announce our next book that day. 
On the 26th at 5 p.m., we have our Dungeons and Dragons Club. We play Dungeons and Dragons here at the, li- at the library. We have one table that kicks off at 5, and then um, another table or uh, that kicks off a little bit later for those that aren't able to make it right at 5 o'clock. Um, so if, you're not, if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, just feel free to come by and we'll teach you how. And you're welcome to just join into that anytime. Thank you. Um, and that is all for that month for adult, for this month for adult announcements. Um, for children's programs, do remember that we have Spanish story times on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. On Thursdays, we have Words and Wiggles at 10.30 a.m. On Wednesdays, we have Teen Territory from 3.30 to 4.30. And then we are launching an all-new Saturday story time at 10.30 Saturday, uh, February 10th, and then uh, Saturday, February 24th, we have Craft Noon at the library, and that goes from noon to 3 p.m. All right, um, thank you so much, and we hope to see you at the library. All right, so we're back from those announcements from the library. We're going to go ahead and jump straight into Josh's pick. JFK. Yep. So we kind of are inconsistent with this reading the DVD or the book or the VHS. Yeah. It's a surprise. You never know. You never know. Uh, keep you on your toes. We do here. All 13 people that listen to this. Yep. And so I'm going to read the back. That's a of lot of the, toes, though. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's a lot of toes. I wasn't going to do the math. Yeah. It's 130 <laughs> toes. It's a multiple of 10, Aaron. Yeah. Oh. Go and get it. Go and get it. <laughs> so anyway, this was this is the back of the VHS, which was a double di- double uh, tape. Oh, like a Titanic. Yeah, like a mm. Titanic. I wouldn't doubt that. The it Godfather was. is a double tape one. Yeah. Anyway, basically anything over around three hours. Yeah, tended to be two tapes. Anyway, so the back of the box is actually just a quote from Oliver Oliver Stone. And he says, I hope people everywhere will see this movie and make up their own minds. JFK is our alternative myth to the Warren Commission myth and our opportunity for people to rethink history. I hope they become more aware of how politics are played out and how kings are killed. I hope the film inspires them to be politically active, determined to shape a better future, to improve upon our past. These are my fondest wishes. Oliver Stone, director of JFK. Nice, um, and I think that really distills what the movie's about. But I think I talked a little bit about in the last podcast about like when I saw the movie. I saw it on the tape when it came out. We rented it, so I was like nine or going on nine, and I was uh, transfixed by the movie. Like it was, mm-hmm. like I'd probably seen Taxi Driver around this time. It's a different kind of movie, though. This is you know it's a political thriller it's, you know it's it's not your typical thing that would um, activate a young boy's imagination but right. it did because it's just so it's so freaking well made and it just captivated me and like right from the start john williams score the quote from eisenhower about the warning about the military industrial industrial complex mm-hmm. just captivated me and right through the end i remember just like i don't remember moving aside from changing the tape yeah <laughs> and i don't know how many times i've watched jfk i watched it probably a couple dozen times mm-hmm. over the years uh it's just always been 
an easy watch. I can watch it. I know it's over three hours. Yeah, I don't call that easy. That's a long. I do. That's a long. Well, let me just draw in. The movie is, I mean, I think it's the best edited film I've ever seen. It uses so many different formats and editing techniques that were largely invented in this film that he would later utilize in stuff like Natural Born Killers and Any Given Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you turn going forward. But it was very influential from a technical perspective on filmmaking. But beyond that, like the movie got a lot of flack when it came out. Walter Cronkite was like really hard on like somebody like Roger Ebert for giving it four stars and, you know, mm-hmm. his favorite film of the year. Because uh, it's like, here's nothing but fantasy. This is nothing. You know, right. there's not, not, not an ounce of truth in this whole film. I don't even, he, even saw the movie. <laughs> Probably not. Because, I mean, clearly there is truth. Somewhere in right. the movie, there are facts that are undeniable. But anyway, so the movie, like, it's not really, it presents kind of all the theories up to that point. Mm-hmm. It's not about anyone being correct. Right. And if people actually watched the movie and thought about it, like people that were highly critical of it, they, I think that you come to that conclusion pretty clearly by the end that even Garrison is, you know, I, I just want you to think about what could be other options yeah because the warren commission myth like it is a myth like it is it's not possible yeah physically like the laws of physics do not (laughs) work around their what they're trying to uh, push so whether any of like and there are some inaccuracies in what he's saying Mm -hmm. i mean it is a movie but at the end of the day like he's just presenting different alternative myths like he says right and uh, i think it's it's just like it's my it's my top five of all time. I love the movie oh, to wow. death. I think it has, I mean, we can get into it later, but so what did you think? <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to talk this part of the episode. Uh, I love, no, I'm, I'm just kidding about this movie. <laughs> so first off, it's three hours. Okay. Let's you just... actually watch the director's cut. So it's like three hours and 29 minutes. Oh, no wonder it felt like it was 50 hours. I actually long. watched the theatrical cut, which yeah. I ha- hasn't been available on discs since like I think there was maybe an early DVD. Wow. It's only been the director's cut. So it was nice, because that's the version I watched, was the theatrical cut. Right. So it was nice to watch that version. There's not like a huge, I mean, there's obviously like 20 minutes. Right. But it's- But it's probably uh, just little pieces here and there. There, there's a few scenes. uh, There's a couple inconsistencies, the scenes in the director's cut actually brings up. But, so it was just nice to watch that version. And I watched the version with the Oliver Stone commentary. So I watched it a couple times. I mean, honestly, when I'm thinking about a movie, first thing, If you tell me it's three hours, like, I'm already checked out. What if it was a Britney Spears three hours? What if Crossroads was three hours? That doesn't need to be three hours either. What if if Scream was three hours? I've watched one movie that was three hours and I absolutely love. The Godfather? Huh? The Godfather? No, Green Mile. Oh, okay. Because it is the book, but in movie form. It is. Like, it's 100%. I don't think they leave anything out. In the no, movie. which they were kind of writing them at the same time. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's I remember why reading this. they work together on that. But anyways, that that is the one movie that I've seen that's like three hours that... Actually, I should probably watch that again sometime. I will say I watched this in two sections. I think the first time, and, and this just happens all the time, is I'm not in the mood to watch a movie. So I think it was harder for me to get into. But I think it was also... If I'm going to watch something like that, because I love the theories and all the different ideas behind JFK, Mm -hmm. the shooting of JFK, and I really like things centered around it, like Mm 1122-63, Stephen King's book, the movie 
Which I almost Park, picked. Parkland? Yeah. yeah. You haven't seen it? I, I haven't seen it, no. So I almost picked that, which is just about like once he goes to the hospital and yeah. what happens after. That one was really good. I think for me, if it's going to be this long, I would much rather it be a documentary kind of thing. Just in general. But overall, the second half, I was able to, uh, maybe I was just in a more of a mood to watch it or something, but I got more into the second half. Like, where did you stop the first half? I don't remember. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. Like, I'm lucky to remember what I did well, yesterday. Well, because there's like, you know, I would say up until the- It might have not even been half. Like, the, I feel like the second part that I watched was more about them going to trial and things like okay. that. Okay. So you probably stopped it maybe like after the Mr. X scene with Donald Sutherland. Where they're at the Washington Monument, maybe like yeah. Going, like he's, it's like a twenty-minute scene where he's just like laying out, like pretty much what happened. Yeah, um, like yeah. Like I think the, it. I think the it behind might have the been, scenes right. machinations of if like the the people in the government wanted mm-hmm. Kennedy dead. Yeah, know? yeah. Which, I think which, it was shortly around that time. Which in actuality was I can't remember if he was a general. His name was Pouty, mm-hmm. um, who Garrison, who is who is that character. In real life, oh, okay. um, that he actually so was there actually a Garrison character, or yeah, is he's that a real character, and he's, he actually plays okay. the uh, Senator Warren in the film. Oh, okay, the head of the Warren Commission. Yeah, he's a very tall, uh, like long faced guy, and he's got yeah. a couple scenes. Oh, okay, um, so it's kind of funny that Garrison's playing Earl Warren. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a real. I mean, a lot of this is as far as you know, Garrison is concerned. That's all the the, the timeline of events is what happened. Right. Yeah, and I I mean I get that. I think like I said, for me, I just love documentaries, anyways. And something like this as a documentary, I would absolutely love. Well, I highly recommend JFK Revisited, mm-hmm. which is like a two part documentary that Stone did about JFK. Oh, the first okay. part is kind of about JFK and like leading up to the assassination, if I remember, in the second disc or whatever is the after the assassination oh, okay uh, it's really great he's also made this uh, series called the untold history of the united states so he this is oliver stone mm-hmm. yeah so he's pretty like in the jfk thing oh yeah oh, okay yeah no, i mean he's he's deep into it the same way james cameron's deep into ocean <laughs> Right. Like, this is like his... Okay. Kind of- that That's really cool. And I feel like you can feel that in this movie. And that's the thing. Like, I, I, I hated that, for me, at least the first part felt like it was four hours long. Like, to me, it felt like it was dragging on. But once I watched the second half... I kind of revisited my thoughts on that and was like, okay, maybe it's because I wasn't in the mood, which is most of the time. So it's hard for me to sit down and watch a three-hour movie when I'm in the mood so for what? a movie because it doesn't happen. Yo, Aaron, I'll get you in the mood for a movie. <laughs> I, I hate that this has become a thing. <laughs> I love it. Josh is saying wildly inappropriate things every episode. I wasn't. It was what gets me it's in the mood the for voice. a movie. It's the voice. I mean, the maybe point? that's it's his a, voice. I don't adult, know. It's an adult podcast. I also don't think it was too bad, but but I think if I was if I could actually feel like watching a movie for three hours, I wouldn't mind to revisit this one. Okay, because I could tell it was it was shot nice. It was it's a it's a nice movie. It's it looks good and all that. I I for me, like I said, if it's going to be that long, I would almost rather it be. A, a documentary and just be pure fact, no fiction. Okay. Which, I mean, there wasn't, there's not tons of things that stick out. I think the main thing for me um, that stuck out was David Ferry's confession in the hotel. Where his wig's moving around. 
Yeah, well, that too. But <laughs> the fact that that confession never happened, and I feel yeah. like that's a big fact. Well, you have to, to like, I mean, fictionalize. There but is, but I know you, it's for a movie. Yeah, I mean, well, you have to somehow you have to get that information across, right? In a movie, and I mean, Stone says this in his commentary, like you know, you have to make leaps. Like ultimately, I'm not making I'm making a movie. It has to be dramatic, right? I exactly. Move. I have to get from point A to point B, and if like. It makes the most sense for Ferry to have this confession at this moment. Right. And that's that's the part he's playing in this story, whether it happened or not. Yeah. Um and, and I think that's the thing. For me, it's just with that much detail, it almost is like a documentary, but it, it is. is a movie. It is. And it, I know like I have to it's a figure out what's not real. It's like it's a docudrama, is what yeah. they kind of call these. And it's like it's very you feel like it's it's hard to describe it. There's like a there's an element of truth that you feel coming through the movie. Like it's yeah. very convincing, and like this really created this whole kind of docudrama language mm-hmm. film in a lot of ways. And part of it was because they had to like when they're so so when they were shooting the uh, the actual assassination in Dallas and mm-hmm. on the uh, on that piece of highway, they had three weeks. So to get all the footage, like they would literally just have to have different cameras. Yeah. So they had like Super 8, 16 millimeter. And it's really kind of, it, it shows the attention to detail that it's hard to decipher sometimes what's what's real and what's not real. I think yeah. maybe that's even kind of like going even subtextual. Like that's the point of the movie is you still can't tell. Right. If he can be so convincing, do you think the government can't be? Right, exactly. Uh, and but I mean, just beyond that, like the movie, like just the cast is amazing. Yeah, I think like to me personally, like Kevin Costner's the two big standout moments for me are the Mister X scene mm-hmm. and the Washington Monument. That that is captivating. I can just watch that over and over. Sutherland learned the entire monologue and could pretty much do it. Wow, off book, which is I mean, like stage performers do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to learn the whole play. Right, but that's true. Filmmaking is like you have to do it over and over again you have mm-hmm. to hit more specific marks you have to it's a different acting right mm-hmm. uh, versus on the stage so it's impressive and same for costner during the end monologue mm-hmm. um, which is very long and he learned the entire thing and that's to me that's court. what is like it his monologue the at court. court at the yeah. yeah and he did it see by then i was hooked yeah oh yeah so i was I mean, I mean that that monologue was great it's to me that may be the best acting acting performance in a movie for me. Yeah. That whole sequence. It was, it was very and good. he gets, like, in the, where he starts getting choked up. I don't know what it is about Kevin Costner getting choked up. Yeah. But it really, like, Affects I get a lump you. in my throat. Because <laughs> there's a moment, like, Man of Steel, where, like, Clark asks his dad, Pa Kent, and he's like, can't I, can't I just be your son? He's like, uh, you are my son. You know, and it's just like, he, but he has this lump in his yeah. throat. It's like, oh, God. But anyway, he gets so worked in, he gets so into the performance because there's a lot of long takes mm-hmm. and he's pretty much just doing it off off book at this point that when he starts getting choked up and he starts like tears start forming he it feels real yeah it and did. Then there's that moment where he actually looks in the camera and it's basically like it's up to you right to question your government question mm-hmm question the truth and that's really what the movie's about and I like that just that i just love that scene it's one yeah, of my favorite think, scenes in any movie i honestly think that is the scene that made me think okay maybe like rethink the first half that i watched like maybe yeah. i just wasn't into it maybe it wasn't as boring as it seemed to me yeah. or you know whatever maybe i just wasn't into it because that scene i had me i mean that best i was 100 percent invested at that point pretty much like that in 12 anger men best courtroom oh, okay scenes. 
Um, and one thing I really like that the movie kind of gets at is what an effect this had, this, this single moment mm-hmm. in world history. Like one of the defining moments in world history, because like Eisenhower's warning about the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. That's America's biggest business. There's even at that point, there's forget how much it was. It's billions of dollars, even without a, a war going on. Right. And there's three million people employed by the military. Yeah. And Kennedy refused to go into Vietnam. So there's all. I mean, there's all these uh, like he like he says in the Mister X scene. Like there's all these reasons that the government did not like people in charge the old old dogs in charge mm-hmm. didn't like him because he was not he was about promoting peace he was about not getting into war not right you know he like working with the soviets you know and those those shots in dallas that day changes everything yeah and it it it, it puts history on a different trajectory um we go into vietnam then a few years later, Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy. Right. I mean, those those three events that it started with Kennedy completely changed the course. Then Nixon gets elected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the path that we were on when Kennedy was president was positive. And those moments just put us, put them back in power. Right. You know, and Vietnam lasted... We were already like we were already in Vietnam a little bit, mm-hmm. not fully committed. But Kennedy was pulling, pulling whatever we had in there out, from what I understand. You know, and that went on for over a decade. Right. And just it just really shook up the American consciousness. Oh yeah, I, I mean definitely. And I just like that that the movie makes that point that how important that day was. Right. Because mm-hmm. if they can kill your president, then they can do anything. They can do anything, and they have. Well, and I think that's also evident in this when um, Garrison's at the airport and his person, whoever he was, helper or something, uh-huh. showed up and was like, I'm here to save you. They're trying to kill you. Yeah, and yeah. Like he goes to the bathroom and there's people in there and all that. And I think that also just shows you, I mean, once again, they can do what they want. They can well, yeah, do where they want yeah, to be. Yeah, his office is being bugged yeah. in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I mean— there's a, I mean, there's definitely like a paranoia in the film that I think is justified. And there's like, a, they definitely, I mean, they definitely make the point, and he, I guess he was that Oswald was like a, is a communist kind of cell mm-hmm. then going into Vietnam or just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of play on the fears that have been had been plaguing the nation for the last like yeah. couple decades because we we had just left like basically, uh, like the McCarthy mm-hmm. era, so. Just keep that going. Yeah. Crazy. I think I think maybe what I should have done is watch this movie in like three parts. <laughs> just broke up that first you half. Because like, the first half to me, I was just so bored. But my ADHD acts up when it wants to act up. Like, yeah. honestly, getting me to sit down and do anything for three hours is real rough. Like, even if I'm gaming, I will game for three hours. But I'm also on my phone half the time. Like in between games, How does or it even happen. You have to use your hands. I have played a game and been on my phone. All the I, time I'm just saying, like somewhere, like you know, if I'm playing like Fortnite, we have to load in between each game. So yeah, I, I mean, might I've be on my got, phone like, for a little bit. I have to. Yeah. I can't. I mean, three hours of attention is a lot to get for me. So <laughs> I think going TVs. into these movies, maybe the correct thing to do is go ahead in just my an head hour at a time. 
and figure out, yeah, like an hour at a time. Well, next time I pick a three-hour movie, I will give you clear break points. That'll be good. At a, around an that hour. That really might help. I mean, um, honestly. Even Stone in the commentary kind of mentions that maybe he should have an overture, like after the, the Mr. X scene, mm-hmm. which is about an hour, and the theatrical cut's about close to two hours. It's about an hour 50 or 55. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's a lot of information right. for people to just, and you give, if you give them 10 minutes, they have some time to think, think about everything and then come back. And then the kind of courtroom. Right. Part starts. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I will do that next time. That, yeah, that might actually help. Um, okay. because like I said, I came in the next day and was like, I'll shoot you timestamps. <laughs> This movie is horrible and long. Is that, and, yeah, I remember you saying that. And I just cannot with this movie. But then when I went back and watched the second half, it pulled me in. Yeah. So I I think overall, I think this movie is probably a great movie. And probably, I mean, I, I thought it was shot well. I mean, that court scene, like I said, that monologue there was amazing. Well, it's how, it's, there's a lot of like almost subliminal subliminal filmmaking yes like during that monologue he will cut away for i don't know 12 frames or mm-hmm. a second and a half to some other piece of footage that might be in right. black and white might be in 16 millimeter or a piece of the zapruder footage and it's it's like you're not conscious of it but mm-hmm. it's it 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 when you go back and really look at it how how cleverly edited it is it's uh it's mind-boggling just how right and to think so he shot this movie with this with this huge cast walter Matthau and john candy and jack lemon ed Ad, like just amazing cast laurie metcalf laurie metcalf i was so um, excited i was like is that is that yeah <laughs> and uh john candy i want to mention he he has like a couple scenes mm-hmm. i think he's in the courtroom i was surprised to see too. him too but he his how like sweaty he is mm-hmm. that's real yeah i don't doubt that he was really no i mean he was just nervous right oh because okay. this is his first like drama yeah and he was really nervous to be in a film with like donald sutherland and kevin costner and jack lemon and uh, yeah all these like great actors and he like so that's real it works for the movie yeah uh, you know especially because i mean it gives, that's what i'm saying it, like, like i don't doubt you, it because it looked real yeah i mean because it was he's in like new orleans it's like hot sweaty right. but anyway like he's being kind of pushed by costner prodded so it right. works but it, i just thought that was an interesting note and just for how epic the film is he shot it in just 70 days which is pretty short for yeah there was 103 hours of footage that they edited down. I mean, that that includes like you know alternate takes and everything, but still, three hours that they, one hundred three hours, one hundred three hours that they printed. Yeah. So this is back on film. So when they would shoot, it would be like they would say print after if it was a take the director wanted. It'd be like that print. They would note print, so they would print that later, have it developed. Right. So that's one hundred and three hours of footage that Stone wanted printed. printed. Yeah. So there's probably more that right. wasn't printed, either due to like. The lighting wasn't right or right. whatever. Somebody flubbed the line. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so it's just really the gargantuan effort on everyone's part to make mm-hmm. the movie for pretty paltry considering everything for $20 million. Yeah. yeah that, I to mean, put that's that in perspective, and... 10 years later, Murder by Numbers cost $50 million and looks like garbage. Oh, wow. Yeah. That movie cost $50 million. That seems a lot. That seems a lot for that movie because that's 100%. an expensive uh, CSI episode. Yeah. that's. <laughs> I will agree that that's... I would have never guessed that. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I think a lot of it's 
uh, Sandy's probably um, pay her pay because yeah. coming off congeniality. I guess I imagine true. she was probably getting like 10, 10 million. That's probably hers, right? If not more. But yeah, I mean, I just love this movie to death. I will watch it anytime it's on. It's it's a it's a important film in my development, both mm-hmm. as a watcher, a viewer, and just as a person. Yeah, to make me question authority, question what truth is given to you. Right. I it's 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 an indelible film for me. Do the does the amount movies cost to make now just ever sound fake to you? Sometimes I don't know how uh the Marvels cost like two hundred and seventy million dollars. Like, that movie looked like trash. I mean all those movies do generally. I like just, they look cheap. Yeah. I feel like you could just do them cheap. I feel like but it, then I look it, at Talk to Me and it costs like eight million dollars. Well, and it looks I thought the movie looked man. Yeah, that there's, was, no no, huge, there's still some special effects, but like, Jesus Christ, like that—that's like literally less than the catering budget. Yeah, on Avengers films or right. something. Right, that's the thing I don't get is it's like I, I understand that like you have to pay people, and I understand it takes like a year to film a movie, so I guess you're. Paying. I mean, not necessarily, not anymore. Like you can, if you have a if you have a script ready to go, and depending on the movie uh, and how much money you have, like you, I mean, like. Like the Marvel movies, like they just pump these things out. Mm-hmm. They get a script and they're just like done in six, seven months. I think the Marvels from beginning to end was like six or seven months. I, like I said, I mean, I get if you're paying people for a year and you're paying them a living wage, then and you have, I guess, movies have hundreds of people involved. They do. I mean, depending on the size, I mean, sometimes thousands, stuff like Avatar, you know, like yeah. really big movies, the Avengers flicks, like those have thousands of people working because every single like stuff like that and these big movies that are costing 300 plus million I think the record is still I think The Force Awakens with everything was 500 million dollars wow I think uh, right now <laughs> that's crazy I've never it's even just, heard of that movie yeah the what's the Star Wars the Star Wars oh it's the last the first of the Disney Star Wars back in it's almost 10 years the only ago. one that's particularly <sighs> all right yeah. okay of the there's Disney some good ones. shots yeah, that's my point. Is it's like it's fine. It's not, but yeah. Yeah. But I, was, I mean, at least it looked like okay. That's a nice looking movie. Right now, yeah. the most expensive show uh, by episode on Netflix is the Avatar: The Last Airbender live action. Yeah. And so it's costing about fifteen million an episode. Yeah. And it just like that seems like a colossal amount of money. I mean, I think that's somewhere around like what Mandalorian and yeah. um, the big like Star Wars Marvel shows yeah. costs. Oh, it's um, good. It's well done, but like it's it's like yeah. I mean, yeah. I I mean, thing. I mean, everything's gone up in price. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna um, say. I mean, unfortunately, everything's expensive. Just, that seems but, like a lot, and I think I, I think, forget who's behind the scenes. Well, I mean, Hollywood accounting's pretty fishy too. I mean, they'll. I remember what was it? It was a huge success. I want to say it's Titanic, but I don't think it was. They were trying to claim it was like one of the Harry Potter movies. Maybe you know, they lost money on it. What? No. Yeah. You somehow lost money on this movie that produces billions of dollars in merchandise. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even just the, and, you know, all the DVDs and videos and games yeah. and. No. No, you didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, Hollywood accounting's funky anyway, but right. like the budgets are just absurd for these things. And honestly, I don't see it on screen. Like, you know, I think Oppenheimer costs around $100 million. So it's like a third of a Marvel movie. <laughs> and I see the money on screen in that because I see right. real locations. I don't see people. That's the thing. They make these movies so fast that it's all just in front of a green screen. Most of the actors aren't even looking at each other. They're not in the same space. Yeah. And you can tell. Like, people just look like they're not. It looks like a video game. Mm-hmm. But that costs money. Right. 
that costs more money than just getting them together. That's I true. But it's yeah. but it's all about we need to get this out by May. Right. It's then October. They, get it out by May. I don't care what it looks the, like. The Foley artist to do the, all the noises that would be generated by this, like, mm-hmm. which that is the coolest job in Hollywood. I it's a really cool job. I've never seen people doing that where they make all the sounds of, because mm-hmm. yeah. they'll watch Like the, that one movie. Yeah, that one With movie. Travolta. Oh, Blowout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's the That's sound, he he's the sound, like, editor. So he's wow. taking all the sounds and making yeah. the, but yeah, like, the Foley artist is like, the you one know, that made the sound. The it's like hitting, like a, hitting a. Well, hitting... technically, he was the one that got the scream. So he is, he, yeah, was, yeah. He he's recording. He's yes. the sound recordist and the sound mixer. Well, um, it's close enough. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. <laughs> I mean, it's the same basic job. Yeah. Well, and he's also making. You know, that's the whole point of that one is they're using all these sounds same. from like yeah fifty years ago. True. Yeah, I've all like if I could go back in time and like go back to college, it would be to go back. Be work in film sound somewhere because yeah. it'd be a lot of it'd be a lot of fun just to record random stuff, re- record random stuff, and like change it and morph it into mm-hmm. like the one of my favorite features on DVDs, like the Star Wars prequel DVDs that they have. Anytime they're talking about the sound, there's like a whole documentary just on the sound. Oh, that's cool, and uh, I love that stuff, it's just really cool. And the Foley artists, like how they you know would make steps, like mm-hmm. the, and just all their I've watched random assortment of like yeah. materials. It's uh, it's a really cool job, and it's always kind of on your – you're having to really yeah. think and be inventive right. about what you use. And sometimes it's, like, the weirdest things, you know, like, for instance, like, you know, like the lightsaber sound. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Ben Burt just waving a microphone at a TV. Oh. That wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Yep. Huh. It's really neat. I that think- is interesting. And, like, the – Sorry, I'm, I'm just going to... No, go ahead. No, no, no. no. Like, <laughs> what is it? Like, you know, like the uh, like the, the steel cables that will, like, keep, uh, like, a mm-hmm. telephone pole or something. That's yeah. the pew-pew, isn't it? The... The pew, yeah, that's, like, the laser sound is, like, him just knocking oh, that with, like, a okay. wrench mm-hmm. and just having the microphone right there. Like, pew, pew. Yeah. yeah. See, that's awesome. It's, it's really neat. Stuff like that. I think if I went back in time, I would go to clown college. <laughs> so I could learn, like, acrobatics and, like... <laughs> Did they teach acrobatics and clown? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, that's. I thought that was like acrobat big... college. Yeah, like you could do like uh, that's what uh, a lot of times if you're going to work at like a Renaissance festival or something like that, you oh. go to clown college. We so had you could learn juggling and like feats of nonsense. Yeah, we had a clown club in my high school. Yeah, where you like did what? you did clown work and then you went and you were a clown at like mid elementaries and stuff. Which, by the way, that sounds super fun. <laughs> I love that okay. that existed. So, by the way, where did you go to school? <laughs> South Charleston. Hi. Oh, okay. But funny story around that clown thing is, I remember being in elementary, and the the little clowns from high school came down, and they were putting on a clown show, and little me was sitting there, cross legged just watching the clowns. Wait, were they and little people clowns? You're saying little clowns? I was thinking like. Teen clowns instead of adult okay. clowns. I don't know. I don't I know. Anyways, the regular size clowns came down, <laughs> and I was sitting there, little Aaron, cross-legged in the front row, and one of the clowns, while performing with the other average size clowns, looked at me and was like, how are you, Aaron? And then went on about their life acting. To this day, I have no idea who that was. <laughs> Like, I only had one person in my family that was in high school at that time. It was not them. To this day, I still don't know who that clown was that knew my name. Okay. So growing up, um, I lived right near Carowinds in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. They do Carowinds every year. Yeah. 
Uh, I had a friend who worked in the clown, like, haunted house there, mm-hmm. and he told everyone in the haunted house, like, who, what our name, what my name was. I had that happen and in a haunted house like, here. I was like, there are so many clowns saying Toby right now. I can't. I I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I had that happen one time here at um, Scareview, and then it didn't. It had the opposite effect on me. Like it did not. It took you out of it. Me. No, it was yeah. just like I was. Like, I'm not a big haunted house person, anyways. I'd rather go to a real haunted place. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that my friend worked there. Yeah. So it was very like unsettling because I like because I. Oh, I, that makes a difference. Yeah. I knew my cousin worked at yeah, it, so no, I knew where they got I, my name. I didn't. I didn't know that Ian worked there. He was just like. We saw him at the very end. Oh, now that was, would be, yeah, that would be He was like, creepy. how was it? And I was like, I hate you. That would be as creepy as my <laughs> little self not knowing how the average clown knew my name. Yes. Anyways, so JFK. Yeah, I was going to say, back to JFK. <laughs> Speaking um, of clowns, that makes <laughs> well, no, sense. No, what would you go back to school and study while we're on this topic? If you were to go back and do any, like, weird off-the-wall job, what would it be? Um... I said clown college. He said. I mean, honestly, if I went back, I would just do what I planned on doing, and that was um, like criminal profiling. Oh. So like psychology and, and criminal justice. Other than that, just uh, business. Business. Yeah, I'm not that exciting, man. That's you don't, you don't have any. There's or a never, writer. There's never been something weird. You were like, I could, I would want to do that. that I mean, this yeah, all, graphic design. I mean, nothing like super weird like clown college. I feel like I could just fall into being a clown. I think you do that naturally. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm good. <laughs> I would just like you learn a bunch of things, like how to do voices and how to. Right. Yeah. No, that'd, that'd be, be cool. Okay. Back so to JFK. Okay, so back to JFK. So I know a good bit about the movie. One thing I actually learned from the trivia: mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson's father, uh, Charles Harrelson, Charles Harrelson, was a hitman convicted of murder on three separate occasions. Uh, on the third occasion. Oh, like in real life? Yeah, in real life. Oh, shoot. Uh, which is why. Bang, I bang, think, get it. Shoot. So when. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so when Stone did Natural Born Killers, because Harrelson's mostly a comedic actor at that point. Yeah. And he cast him as this like serial murderer nutball. Oh. And he's like. Did he just pull from his dad? Yeah. Well, he, what, Harrelson asked him, like, why are you casting me in this? He's like, I see a killer in your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Pretty legit. So anyway, he was, on the third occasion, he admitted to the murder of federal judge John H. Wood and also admitted to having played a part in the assassination of JFK, and a witness claimed he had drawn maps to the location in Dallas from which he fired his weapon. The FBI discounted this. However, Jim Mars claims in his 1989 book Crossfire that Charles Harrelson is the youngest of the three tramps who may have been in on it, who questioned, like, distracting the police. Oh, yeah. For question released on the day of the assassination. Hmm. Uh, and uh, forensic artist Louise Gibson has conducted photographic analysis analysis, and has concluded the youngest and tallest tramp is Charles Harrelson. Wow. Harrison. I don't know why I can't say those names for some reason. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I thought that was pretty things. fascinating. Uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Cool. Definitely something I yeah, didn't know. Man, Woody Harrelson, like, and he's supposedly he's Matthew McConaughey's uh, uh, brother from. Oh, yeah. another mother? Brother no, from think, another mother? I think the same mother. Oh, different father. No, different, no, no, different, no, different dads. No, di- yeah, different moms. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway, somehow, really. Google it. Wow. 
But anyway, like they're supposedly related, which makes True Detective a lot more interesting. The first season. Oh yeah. With both. I need to watch that. I haven't watched that. First season's good. Yeah. The I watched the first episode of the new one. It's uh, trash. Oh. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I think JFK is one of the most important films ever made. Certainly the one, one of the ones in the last forty years. That yeah. Um, I think just as a film, as a fascinating and primly well-made film, mm-hmm. and but also as a important piece of, I mean, investigative journalism, I guess, to a certain degree. Right. Um, just asking the audience to ask questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I love it. Yeah. And I, that's, that's what I said. Like, I can see all that now. And, you know, the second half, I really got into it and realized how good the movie was. For me, it's just too long. But that's, that's just me personally. It's nothing against the movie. It's just, like I said, my attention for three hours is a is a hefty ask. Yeah. But I think if I had broken the, like I said, if I break up maybe the, the first half into two parts, because it just seemed really lengthy and, and long. I don't know. It just felt like four hours. Then maybe it would have been different. But I think overall, I, I get what they were doing with it. It was well shot. It was... It was good. I, there were parts where I didn't know if it was actual footage or remade footage. Yeah. They did a great job at that. Yeah, they had to pay uh, for the Zapruder footage. I forget what they had to pay Time Life to use the footage, too. Yeah. It was well, quite heavy. So, like, in this movie, the scenes of JFK getting shot, are those the real ones or are those— so- Yes, a lot of it is reenactment. That's what I thought. Um, because, like, I don't remember it being as— I mean, pretty much. In. I mean, pretty much anything that isn't the Zapruder footage mm-hmm. is footage that they shot. But they did a great job of it. it I mean, it made you guess. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's pretty. You can't tell the. You just can't tell the difference. Yeah. in a lot of. I mean, you can like if you really like kind of slow it down and look at it. You're like, yeah, well, the the film. I mean, the film stock's a little different, right? Like that, but like. It's just really hard to tell just watching type, the movie. Yeah. It's really convincing. Which I think also goes back to the movie makes you question things. It does. And I mean, they, so they weren't allowed to shoot in the, what was it, the fifth, fifth floor mm-hmm. of the book depository. They had to shoot the floor up because the floor where Oswald supposedly shot was, uh, it was a museum. So they had to shoot like a floor up. But aside from that, like they're right just a few feet yeah. from where it supposedly happened. And it took, I was reading that it took $4 million to like recreate the look of 1963 Dealey Plaza. Oh, yeah. Which is a pretty good chunk of the budget. Yeah, that's what I mean, it's three weeks of shooting that they had to shoot there. And so they have to think like they're, all the interviews they're doing, like with Vincent D'Onofrio and Mm -hmm. all the, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of the film that takes place there that they had to shoot. Because really all they had was the the Pruder footage. And it kind of saves a lot of that for, the end in the courtroom, you know, yes. the back into the left, back into the left. And that whole sequence where he's like lining up like the actual shots and mm-hmm. during the courtroom scene at the end. Oh, so good. Yeah, but overall, I mean, I think I think it's probably a great movie. I it's just it was too long for me. But maybe breaking it up better would be, you know, a better option. Oh. But that by the end it had me. So. Well, I'm glad. Check out that JFK Revisited. It's yeah, really I, w- we I have will it. definitely. We have it at the library, too. Oh, okay. Awesome. That's a perfect place for me to get it from. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to go into next month? Yeah. So, yeah, because this, be, this will be March 1st. Yeah. Episode. Or, I mean, ne- yeah, I mean. Yeah, the next podcast. Next, yeah. Next but we have a couple things coming up. So, um, real quick, before we talk about the no- next podcast, I will throw out there that 
Toby and I mm-hmm. will be at Comic Con. Uh, Comic Con. Well, we're wish. going to San Diego. I yeah. wish. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> we are famous. I would cancel my trip and go. <laughs> so Damn. we, Toby and I, will be at HerdCon again this year. Josh is not able to join us, but we will be there as the podcast Maybe and cosplay. Maybe, Maybe cosplay. in cosplay. Uh, she's really, you know, wanting me to. We'll see what happens. But we are going to be joined by the HerdCon podcast. HerdCon podcast to discuss Tucker and Dell versus Evil. Mm-hmm. So we're going to still do a live podcast there. We don't know the date and time yet. We'll keep you updated on that. But so just look out for that. And of course, you know, HerdCon's a free. Free con to go to. It's a really good con. I was yeah, it really, is great. Really good. I was really impressed last year. Yeah. It was, a, I, it was a really, I've been to a lot of cons. That was a good con. Yeah. I think, I think enough, uh, I, I would like it if more people attended like these live events because there were some neat ones that I wanted to go to, but we were involved in something else because yeah. we sat on a panel last year as well. And, but then there's, Tons of vendors with and just cool vendors. It's yeah, not it's the, not like vendors that have the same stuff. Yeah, there's a wide variety of like crafts and art. Yeah. Uh, it was real hard for me not to spend tons of money. Y'all did. But spent a lot of money. But so we'll be there. So, you know, keep up with us on that. We'll release times and things like that um eventually. But yeah. other than that, our next episode, we will have a special guest. Kendall from Youth Services is going to join us, mm-hmm. and we're doing Shakespeare movies. She is a big fan of Shakespeare. Okay. Loves Shakespeare plays, films, you know, pretty much. So she's going to pick two films. One's more of a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's the Much Ado About Nothing okay. with Denzel Washington and Kenneth Branagh. And then um, she's also picked The Merchant of Venice with Al Pacino. Okay. Much Ado About Nothing was the one that I watched and was like, oh, well, there's definitely going to be nudity in this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that one. So with those movies, have you seen them? I have not. So Neither one? No, they're both fresh watches oh, wow. for me. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to do Titus, which is a That's almost three-hour one. Yeah, well. Titus is but good. There's but there's cannibalism. <laughs> so are you guys going to do a intro and iambic pentameter no. for this one? Sure, Kendall will <laughs> I'm just p- pitching that. I, I will. I will not be. Oh. Uh, mainly because at this time, I can't even think of what that is. It's the. It's the. Um, it's, it's the type of speech. It's the type. Well, it's the like rhythm of Shakespeare's poetry. Right. Um, um, I am let's do the whole podcast. Let's practice. We'll do the whole podcast like that. Um, <laughs> so I'll put that in the same memory bank or thought bank as cosplaying. We'll be like maybe. Well, no, okay. So We're let's let's move the cosplay a little little more forward than cosplay I Cosplay is a little bit easier than learning to like speak an entire in Shakespeare. Like yeah, Shakespeare in like, you know, a couple Shakespearean. weeks. Yeah. So that's gonna be our next episode. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be new. I don't our think next episode. Yeah. I don't think we've ever done like a Shakespeare adaptation. No, we haven't. And it's nice that it's both fresh for us. So which I think what about a uh Toby's episode, had you seen her movies? I can't remember. Which one? Oh, did she do more than one episode? No, I only did one, but I did pick Train to Busan. I have picked movies. Yeah. For right. I'm talking about you. The, the, no, he, she, he had seen you the had Asian seen Hero. cinema. He'd seen Hero. Hey, the Hero? Yeah, yeah Hero. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I was trying to think if there's been another time where you haven't seen either movie. I don't think there is. Uh, I think this might be our first one that you haven't seen either movie I mean, as well. What did you pick on the Train to Busan? Train to Busan. No. You check the other one. 
I think oh, he went, what the was the one. other one? I think it was last night, so... It was, it was. yeah, so. that's right. So yeah, you so this might be that. the first time I've never... I haven't yeah, seen so either. so that's an interesting twist on, yeah. on what we normally do. So Kendall will join us, and she's chosen movies that neither one of us has seen. Yep. And we will be shakespeare it up. But, yeah, so that's what's coming up for us. Um, but until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. And this has been The Real Opposites.